Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Travolting. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Boris and Natasha. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Stuart. How are you? I am ready to die. You're ready to die. What was that intro you just did back there? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know exactly. There's a, a man who does voices for our show, and I don't know who he is or why he does the voices he does. Um, I'm not... Yeah, thank you folks for tuning in this week to Travolting. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening last week to our episode on Shout. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you weren't shouting too loud at you. We have great news as this is our second to last episode before we are officially in tra- the Travolta Sans period. Look who's talking to, though. Look who's talking now is next. And then. And then we're in the Travolta Yeah, the Travolta Sans. So this starts. is our second. Yeah, you said second to last. Yeah, second yeah. to last. Uh, so we're getting near the tail end. We're getting into the real drudges of. Uh, is um like a non-a-list career yeah um um and this last week covered on shout a movie he is a co-lead in mm-hmm. this week we're covering something very different um we're covering a movie that is still vital to his career arc at this time but that he has a very small role in i would say extremely small and that is right folks we're covering 1992's boris and natasha uh, film directed by Charles Martin Smith. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an experts reunion. Um, experts, yeah, the experts. It's the experts reunion. Uh, the director of this movie was the Russian handler in that. Uh, oh, he was Terry the Toad in American Graffiti. He was the Russian handler in the experts, and the director of the experts plays Boris in this film. We also have cameos from R. E. Gross and John Travolta. <laughs> this is straight, and it's also about Soviets. Or a Soviet adjacent. Interesting. So this is very much a, a spiritual successor to the experts. It's a reunion of all the old friends getting back together to do some more hijinks with America's and Pottsylvania's two most lovable goofballs, Boris and Natasha. Everyone's favorite. So I uh, I never watched the Rocky Bullwinkle cartoon. Yes, this is loosely based on the animated series Rocky and Bullwinkle. But they're characters. Yes, Boris and Natasha are the villains of Rocky, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And Bullwinkle. So, Rocky and Bullwinkle is a squirrel and a moose. Um, and they stop two Ru- Russian spies. They're from Pennsylvania, but Russian spies. Yeah. From um, like doing crimes in America. So Or Canada. Tell me, Jeff. Who was the studio head that said... You know that great cartoon, <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle? What if we did a live-action version, but without Rocky and Bullwinkle, well, and we did the villains? Here's the thing. They wanted to do a live-action Rocky Bullwinkle movie, but mm. the studio making this movie was in uh, financial <laughs> struggling period, and they could not afford the rights to the characters Rocky and Bullwinkle. They could only afford the rights to the characters Boris and Natasha, which is why Rocky and Bullwinkle do not appear in this movie, but are referenced many times. Oh, they are? Yes, and there's two characters in this movie who are who are the stand-ins for what Rocky and Bullwinkle would have been in the plot of this movie. They're oh. called Agent Moose and Agent Squirrel because they can't be an actual moose and a squirrel. Wow. So Rocky and Bullwinkle are ostensibly in this movie. They just aren't. 
I just, I'm going to, I'm going to right away just say for the audience that yesterday I'd watched Shout and this movie back to back. Yes. Because we were doing back to back recordings. And you were like, wow, I can't believe Boris and Natasha rejuvenated me after Shout. No, quite the opposite. I watched Shout and I, while the movie isn't, it's not a good movie there was enough in it to keep me interested. Not mm-hmm. good things to keep me interested. There were a lot of bad things that I was yeah. interested in talking about. This movie, from the v- first five minutes, not bullshitting, I wrote it down, first five minutes, literally I decided, I don't know what I can do with this movie. <laughs> My soul started cramping. Stewart's notes in his book is just in massive letters, this movie sucks. Yeah, so I wrote down... Up, uh, it's it's an hour and twenty minute film. Hour and yeah, twenty eight minutes. It's an hour and twenty eight minutes. I wrote notes up until the thirty seven minute mark, and I won't say why thirty seven minutes in particular, but there is a reason why thirty seven <laughs> minutes in I stopped taking notes. And then that was on one page. We're, we should post this on our Instagram to yeah, be honest. We'll post your notes. Uh, and then on the other page, it's just in big bold letters. This movie sucks. Mm. Um, uh, Jeff. I love you to death, man. One of my best friends. Yeah. Um, we've covered some really bad movies in our day. Yes. Some movies that... This is the one that really breaks you, isn't it? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, when we covered Moment by Moment, that movie, we both... It broke yeah. both of us. But for some reason, Jeff, and maybe you might go into why in a little bit, you seem like a giddy child... <laughs> ready to talk about this movie <laughs> and i am as broken as i was when i, I watched him open I, by moment i kind of had a really good time watching this movie. <laughs> i was kind of really into this <laughs> so for our audience moving forward in this three hour log episode we're probably gonna do yeah. just be warned that you may my my voice may not be as common in this episode oh, no, you're gonna talk a lot I'm, I'll talk as much as I can. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue this is a great movie. But I had a really good time. I had a good time with this. <laughs> Jeff, I'm not saying you're going to like leave this episode. Yeah. But you will definitely be one of the more prominent voices in this episode. Yeah, of the two. Of the two. <laughs> so yeah. with that being said, I, I give the reins over to you. Yeah. Like, Well, you know, it's Boris and Natasha, characters from Rock and Bullwinkle, as we established. Yeah. Uh, Travolta's at, you know, the weird period in his career where he's like about to pop off again, but not quite. Well, he doesn't know that. You know, he doesn't know that. But at this point, he's still trying to get back into adult acting. Film idea. Boris Ta- and Natasha 2 sold. No, Time Traveler goes back in time to when John Travolta is working on this film set. He's working on Boris and Natasha yeah. for that one cameo. He shows up. What What studio made this? Um, Warner I, Brothers? No, it, I don't know what company. Tristar? Uh, show, <laughs> it was distributed by Showtime. It was made by Management Company Entertainment Group. <laughs> wow. Management Company Entertainment Group. Wow. Made this movie. So anyway, John Travolta's in his trailer about to go on set for his one cameo. Lead role. Lead role. He's in the lead yeah. role in this. Who knocks on his trailer? None other than... You as a time traveler. Me as a time traveler. I'm showing up. I say, John Travolta. You're using the inversion device. My name is Stuart Elmore, and I'm from the year 2020. He's like, what are you doing here, Stuart, from the year 2020? I say, get out of this movie set. 
So I don't have to talk about so this. So I don't have to talk years. about this fucking trailer. Guess what? You're going to be in Pulp Fiction in how many years? Two. Two years. You're going to be in a movie that's about to pop off your career in two, re- two years with a, with a director named Quentin Tarantino. First off, take the gig. Second off, don't do this movie. You don't mm. need it. You don't need it. Just be patient for two years. You'll be in a good movie and your career will revitalize again. But this movie doesn't do it for you. And this, look, look at me, troubled. Look at this, me. this movie does it for him. This movie um, does not do it for him. Vina, yes. Um, he's trying to get back into adult acting, but he's also, you know, he's with his friends right now. He's taking roles with his buddies. And you know, a few of his, a few of his, a few of his, his goons that he hangs out with, you know, Charles Martin Smith and Dave Thomas, you know, they had a fun time on The Experts. It's like we're making a little movie called Boris and Natasha. You want to pop up in it, John? John shows up. He, he pops up in this movie. And that's why we're talking about it today. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing that really stood out to me about this movie yeah. is it's only available for rental in standard def. <laughs> so we both watched this, I presume, in 720p. Yes. Which is, you know, we've watched a lot of these movies because they're only available on like DVD or VHS or whatever. Right. But this was a, a lovely one where it's available for rental only from Amazon in standard def. Right. Um, and I we watched it on that and we had a good time. Or I had a good time. You um, had a good time. I did not have a good The second time. I saw this movie was directed by Charles Martin Smith, I was just like pumping my fist in the air. I was like, hell yeah, it is. He's back. He's back, baby. Um, I'm giving him nothing. I'm yeah. giving Jeff no reaction. <laughs> really just hanging me out to dry here. I'm sorry, um, man. <laughs> but you know, this movie starts and there's a narrator, Corey Burton, and he's doing like an impression of uh, the original um, Rocky, Bullwinkle, Rocky Bullwinkle guy. I've never seen an episode of Rocky Bullwinkle. I was me hoping either. to watch one before came to this recording today but i ran out of time did you watch the robert de niro rocky and bullwinkle live action did they make a robert de niro robbie rocky and bullwinkle uh robert de niro plays a villain in the rocky bullwinkle live action adaptation i I, did that actually happen that actually happened it exists i'm not lying to you i'm (laughs) oh my god you're right in 2000 there was the adventures of rocky and bullwinkle with robert de niro playing who other than fearless leader fearless leader Maybe have a weirdly stacked cat. And who's John playing? Goodman, Carl Reiner, Randy Quaid, <laughs> Rene Russo, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, Keenan and Kel are both in it. You got both Keenan and Kel, Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal. What is this movie? Taraji P. Henson. And it got a, a really bad review score. Um, but yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro is fearless leader in this. Yeah, and, and I had no idea this existed. That's actually extremely interesting. Yeah, so maybe sometime when we do the De Niro cast, we will <laughs> we'll be cover. talking about Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, very interesting. But uh, I guess that company had the money to pay for the rights that this movie did not have to pay for, because this movie could not afford Rocky and Bullwinkle. Could it? How, what could it afford? Boris and Natasha, quite clearly. <laughs> but like movie production wise, there's a there's a lot. It could afford movie. a few cameos from notable guys. Yeah, but um, the movie starts and this narrator's just like, yes, the Soviet Union collapsed, but there's a small town called Pottsylvania, or a small country called Pottsylvania. You do a very good impression of this, Jeff. Pottsylvania, and so it zooms in from like a world map, and we see Pottsylvania is a really small town, um, or not town, country. Um, in Eastern Europe, it's in between um, WrestleMania and Usovania, which I thought was funny. WrestleMania, get the fuck out of my apartment, <laughs> did Jeff. You, did you notice that? I I noticed it, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> I fucking noticed it. Okay. And we're very we're very quickly introduced to the stakes of this movie, the central conceit. 
um, which is that someone has a scientist has invented a microchip that allows you to travel backwards in time. And that's when I realized this movie has the exact same conceit as 2020's Tenet by Christopher Nolan, a movie in which uh, Russian um, villains travel backwards in time to influence events um, and fight the future, which is exactly what this movie is about. Uh, so this is essentially Tenet, um, but with Boris and Natasha. But yeah, it's, it's established that there's the microchip that lets you travel backwards in time. By three seconds. By three seconds specifically. But yeah. you could like stack it. And it's later established three seconds is only the base. You can go higher. The very end of this movie establishes this. Jeff is like jumping up and down in his seat talking about yes. this movie. This movie got me so hype. Um, <laughs> but the narrator is like, fearless leader. The villain of this is fearless leader. He's the head of um, Potsylvania. 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 He's like he's essentially like a Hitler, uh, Stalin type. Yeah. With a, a James Bond like um, eyeglass. Blofeld eyeglass. Yeah. Um, like bad guy. Real quick. Can you scoot up in your chair just yeah. a little bit more? Yeah. I'm just hearing a lot of squeaking and stuff. That's because I'm so excited. I know you're really excited. Yeah. Try. But, Gotta you know, we're, you in, we're introduced to that's going to be the stakes of this movie. Is this microchip. Um, everyone's after it. Fearless Leader needs to get people into America to find it with the scientist. These uh, decoys, right? What? He needs to get decoys. Yes. Um, so who can he Who can he call? Those old lovable goofballs, Boris and Natasha. That's who he can call. Uh, so oh, we, we yeah. go to a nondescript Middle East country, as the movie literally says. It's like, a country in the Middle East. Yep. Where Boris and Natasha are they, they they stolen stole a Fabergé egg. A Fabergé egg. And they're on the run from an anonymous Middle Eastern terrorist. The movie is very tongue-in-cheek in that the narrator will just be like, yeah, the writers had no idea what was going on, so here's a plot device, and stuff like that. Um, so the movie's like, yes, a, Middle East, a nondescript Middle Eastern terrorist. Did you love that part of the movie? I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, so the escape... This is, this is, this is going to... For, for folks, this, is, this episode is going to be the defining episode of what dif- differentiates our taste yes. in movies is that you love this shit. It's so dumb. I, I hate this shit um, so much. So Boris and Natasha, they escape this run and they need to go meet their contact, to figure out what their next mission is. So they have to go to the alley of the damned to find him. And there's a lot of people with eye and there's patches. A, and there's a sign that just says alley of the damned and they have to meet a guy with an eye patch, but everyone in the alley of the damned has an eye patch. So he says a key a code he, phrase. Yes, he says the corners of Egypt belong to King Tut or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and the all are just like, oh, yeah, and it turns out every single one of them is their contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they lead Boris and Natasha to a hot air balloon. The terrorists are running out shooting at them, but they escape in the hot air balloon. And, and it's at this point when the uh, nondescript Middle Eastern villain, yes, who's shooting like AK-47s and Uzis at them says, I thought I saw a third person with them. Yeah. <gasps> Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Because time no- is a flat circle. Time is a bunch of wobbly-jobbly things. Yes. Doctor Who. Uh, so they escape um, back to Pottsylvania where they meet with Fearless Leader and he gives them their mission. They need to be undercover agents in America. They need to sneak in and play this to the T. So how are they going to get to America? Well... They try multiple times. They try multiple different ways. The first way, they're going to 
boat, uh, they get in like a little dinghy and they start rowing. Like uh, seven hours later, they get lost at sea and they're like, Boris and Tasha are like, oh, we not, we're not doing this anymore. So dear leader has, fearless leader has to get them out of the ocean. Yeah. They try around too. They try driving them to the border and they try and dig a hole under the border. But the tunnel collapses and fearless leader falls in with them. <laughs> the third, they try to scale the tallest mountain in the world to get over their border. And they freeze. They freeze. Yeah. So finally, Fierce Leader just books them a flight, <laughs> and they fly, <laughs> and they fly into New York, and they get caught. Yes, they get caught immediately <laughs> by security by, by uh, the CIA. And we cut to the CIA's headquarters, where we meet the head of the CIA. You know who it is? No, I don't. I don't know who I am. I'm Mo Green. It's Mo Green from from The Godfather. Oh. Cool. The actor Alex Rocco pl- uh, plays Mo Green in The Godfather and has that great part where he walks out and my Corn's like, I don't know who you are. And he's like, don't you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I built Las Vegas. And then he walks in and gets shot in the head later. Um, <laughs> it's like a very funny, very funny character in The Godfather. I'm big, I love Mo Green. And I love that the guy has the same delivery in this movie where he's just sitting there and he's like, so you're spies from Pottsylvania. We're going to test you. And so they test them. Well, because they, they say they're defectors. Yes, they say they're defectors. Uh, no one buys it. Yeah. But they're, these guys could be useful. Well, they're ter- terrible liars. Yes. They, it's like a polygraph <laughs> test scene. Those two goofballs are so bad at this, but they still, they still make it work. Um, <laughs> there's, a really, there's a really good bit in this, because they're doing medical examinations on Boris and Natasha. Yeah. And they shine a light into Boris's ear. And then out of his other ear, the flashlight signs onto the wall. It's a good bit. No, this is a good bit. It's a very good it's... bit. Um, I'm dying while you're so giddy and happy about it's this. So stupid. It's so funny. Um, I didn't love this movie, but I did have a really good time with it. Um, and they get a polygraph test from Rance Howard, uh, Ron and Clint's dad. Um, but they don't know how to answer the questions of the polygraph. Is Stuart's gonna be like death eyes? The uh, the polygraph is just like mountain ranges because they're like, they're, uh, are you spies? And they're like, uh, yes, yes, no, oh, no. yeah, wait, yes, no, wait, are, is that a yes? And like the thing, and so they have no idea if they're lying or not. Right. They say they're either really really dumb or really really smart. Yeah. And I'm but, like, I I think one is more obvious yes. than the other guys. <laughs> and there's this one guy named Willie who's really into like, we gotta bring him in. This could be useful for us. And he convinces Mo Green to just be like, all right. We'll let him in, but we'll keep him under surveillance. They'll let him into what, Jeff? America. No, no, no. There's something more specific. The Defectors Program. Yes, the Defectors Program. They have a program called the Defectors Program, which is specifically for defectors of other countries. Yes. So they put them up in housing and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, So they put them up can in... Can we talk about the political ramifications of this, by the way? You mean to tell me that when people cross the border in Mexico, we're going to put them in cages. But if you're flying from a plane in Russia saying you're defecting from being a spy, we're going to put you up in a nice room. You know that we actually did this, right? What? We, we've done this before. Operation Paperclip? Yes. But that was for using like German Nazi scientists. Yes. This is for people trying to escape from countries. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're an actual spy, I'm sure the government would cut a deal with you because that's how things are terrible. America. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah. So they, they live in New York, and there's a really confusing cut in this montage. Because it's just showing shots of New York City that they're coming in. Then it cuts to a shot of Chicago. And you see the Hancock Tower. Oh, and then I you missed. see the Magnificent Mile. And then it's back to New York. 
And then this movie, they never go back to Chicago. These must have thought it was a funny bit that it's showing all these shots in New York and then it shows a different city and then comes back to New York. Um, to go to show how much I was paying attention to this movie, I did not catch no. that. But they put them all. up in this luxury apartment. Yeah. And Willie's like giving them the tour and they're like, are their families going to live here? Yes. And Willie's like, no, it's all for you. No one else will be paying any attention to you. Zoom out and there's like 30 guards in every adjacent uh, like, apartment. Yeah, Pointing guns walls. and like microphones at them. Yeah. And so Willie leaves and they're both, and they're immediately like, yes, we're spies. This is going well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so they're hanging out and they're having a good time. But it's very clear that Boris is very dismissive of um, Natasha. He doesn't respect her for who she is. Um, but then who comes by? These two neighbors. Who uh, apparently live in this Defectors Program hotel. Yes. The next door neighbors, their names are Harv and Toots. <laughs> Harv and Toots. Uh, come by. And the inference is that they're, they're in league with the, the government. But they're like, they bring sushi and they bring some cake. And they're trying to get Boris and Natasha to like spill the beans. Well, because the the wife is bonding with Natasha Toots, Toots. and Harv is uh, yeah. With... Harv's like, I work out a lot. Try punching me, Boris. And you can't Boris hurt me. punches him and he knocks him out. Yeah. And then Toots is like telling Natasha, you know, Boris has hots for you. And he's, and she's like, you know, yeah, I think I think you two should start dating. And Natasha had never thought of that before because she, she it's just a, her just her partner. Um, but yeah. Then, but then she. This this but entire this film a, is a romance. This plants a seed in her head, a Someone's, seed that will grow into a mighty tree. Someone's gonna plant a seed. Yes. <laughs> um. And so they leave, and they're like, "Oh, thank God they're gone." That was how do Americans deal with all this like talking to people? Um. They're like, "All right, let's go out and find our contact." This I did like. They have a spy contact. And who's their spy contact? We cut to a potato. A raw potato. <laughs> John Candy picks up said raw potato. John and fucking takes Candy. A bite out of the potato. It is so funny watching John Candy just casually munch on this raw potato, skin and all. Because John Candy is so good and he's really funny in this scene. John Candy's just the best at everything. Yes. Rest in peace. And so they show up and he's he's a shoe shine like homeless guy. That's his cover. Yeah. And so he's just like, oh, shine your shoe. I'll shine your shoe. And so he puts Boris, like, sits down. And he starts, like, shining his shoe. He spits on it. And yeah. Starts... And they're like, we need to find this professor. Uh, how can you help us? And John Candy's just like, I can't help you. I can't help you. You're got to get out of this. This is a messy place to be in. All while, in the meanwhile, in the background, somebody yeah, grabs someone... the potato. And it swaps it out with, with another, another potato. potato <laughs> which. Wait, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. Um, and so John Candy's like, you need this is dangerous there are people trying to kill you um you gotta be careful you shouldn't go after the scientist but he's secretly putting something on the bottom of boris's shoe while he's shining it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he is he's still helping him out he's a potsylvanian spy yeah yeah um and then they leave and john Kane's like i did well and he grabs the potato and takes a bite of it <laughs> he just explodes <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at your reaction because it's literally like bringing me back to my Uncle Bob days with you. <laughs> John Candy just bites this potato. He's like, hmm. because his whole body explodes in one fell Because swoop. what was the potato, Jeff? It's a bomb. It was a grenade. And when he took a bite, <laughs> he pulled out the pin of the potato grenade. And then John Candy's like, huh? <laughs> 
It's so funny. He fucking blows up. I really enjoy, I actually was laughing out loud in my apartment when that happened this morning. I'm alone this weekend, and I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah. Potato grenade. When when that happened, I thought of this uh, review I read for a movie a few many years ago. It was uh, I don't know where it's from, but it was a review for Transformers Four, the first Mark Wahlberg one. Mm-hmm. Um, and T.J. Miller is in that movie. Uh, oh, now, yeah. now noted sex fiend T.J. Miller. Yeah. But at the time, still like, hey, we kind of like this T.J. Miller guy. Yeah. And I remember this review was just like, T.J. Miller bobs up to provide some personality and comedy and is promptly punished for it. T.J. <laughs> Miller gets like turned into an, a metal cube in the movie or something. He gets brutally murdered after being the comic relief character. For the first act, and I thought of that when John Candy exploded. Exploded. Like, he brings some personality and comedy is promptly punished for it. <laughs> um, oh, I, I, I well, know. hey, you're making me laugh. So I had a, I, I had a really good time. At I, I'm, I'm, I'm at least I'm getting that. So they get back to the apartment. They're like, "Wow, John Candy really ripped this off. He didn't tell us anything." And then Boris looks in the bottom of the shoe, and there's an address. Yeah, it says Manelli at this address. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we need to get into disguises. So they come as rug cleaning people to this place that has no rugs. They have no rugs. <laughs> Very clearly <laughs> pokes a hole in their plan. <laughs> well, the, um, the the lady at the front desk is like, uh, sir, we only have tile floors. Yeah. And Boris is like, here's my idea. I work with company. His name is Steve Shack. <laughs> Steve Shack. Oh, Jesus. Um, it's very good. Is it? It's very good. Okay. Um, but there's a Manelli painting on, picture on the wall, and they're like, is that what? We, and they don't think to take the pa- the picture off the wall and look in the back, which is what I assume this was, uh, that they were supposed to do. But they don't. But they don't. Um, but they're just like, we need to find this Manelli guy. And then, But who works at this parlor that they're at? Because it's a hair parlor. Toots. 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 Yes, indeed. The neighbor. The American neighbor from yes. earlier in the film. Um. And Toots is like, oh, you want to meet Manelli? I can um, introduce you to Manelli. Um, he's a great photographer. He, there's going to be this big party with a bunch of rich people. For a moment there, I thought it was going to be Liza Manelli. It's not. It's it not Liza Manelli. Um, I don't exactly remember how they directly meet Manelli because it's before they go to that party. You're asking the wrong person. But he, <laughs> he tells Natasha, you have an amazing look. I'm going to make you a star. Oh, yeah, because she's, like, fashionable. Yes. And so the plot very quickly diverges at this point. Yeah, she becomes a fashion Natasha star. Natasha becomes a fashion star nation- worldwide. She's on the cover of, like, Rolling Stone, Time. Overnight. 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 She's all over the place. And Boris is jealous. And he's like, you're, he's, he has, secretly loves her. And he's like, yeah, you're my girl. I can't believe this is all happening. And she's like, you just never let me be my own person. And here in America, I can be my own person and be famous. And yeah. Like, dress nice instead of just what you decide. And he's like, you're the woman. You carry my luggage and stuff like that. <laughs> That's literally a line in this movie. Um, oh, man. 1992. Steve, Steve Shag. Um, <laughs> Steve Shag. Um, and so she becomes famous, and she goes to this party, and she meets famous people um, at the same time. There's, actually, there's also a really long plot description in this movie on Wikipedia. It's much like our uh, episode on... Um, Chains of Gold, where someone wrote a very <laughs> detailed description of this. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. We can stay on, on board. Yeah. Between Toots and um, this newfound fame, Natasha realizes she doesn't need Boris and kind of just goes off on her own and becomes famous. Wait a second. 
didn't you? You forgot the creme de la creme moment in this entire movie. The cameo? The cameo. No, I haven't gotten to that yet. Really? Yeah, I haven't gotten to that. I thought that happened already. No. Okay. But she's becoming a uh, a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Not um, not really in code for a spy. Yeah, and so Boris is just wandering about being a drunk. Um, and then he comes back and he's like yelling at her and he's like, I can't believe this. You're so famous. We were fiercely told to give a low profile. You're ruining everything. And there's a knock at the door. And, and, he, and he goes over and he opens the door and it's Johnny John T. <laughs> John Travolta. John Travolta is there and he's like, hey, is Natasha in? And then Boris slams the door in his face. And that's it. And then we never see John Travolta again. That was his cameo. It lasted two seconds. I counted. Yes. And it happened at 37 minutes and 38 seconds but in the movie. he is credited in this movie, and that's why we're covering it, baby. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> if you're listening to this. I mean, well, I, live in, I live in Chicago, Illinois. Kill find me while and kill we're, me. While we're here, maybe we'll put a pause on the plot if you want to do the hair report. No. <laughs> we got to the hair report. You got to. Can you pull up a picture of what he looked like in this movie? Because I don't really remember what he looked like. Did he have long hair? Fucking, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, folks. This movie is breaking. It it didn't. It's not breaking me. It broke me. I I had a little too much fun with this movie. And you were talking to a broken Stuart Elmore. I cannot find any pictures of him in this because it's such a quick shot. I I don't know how I can rank the hair without remembering what it looked like. Uh, you know what? Why don't we make this a people's choice? No, we're not making this people. I'm bringing up the scene. You're bringing up the scene? I'm bringing up the scene. Oh my gosh, Jeff. I'm bringing up the scene. But yeah, so um, John Trolls has a very quick cameo in this. Extremely funny. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Have you found the? Have you found it yet? Yeah, I'm bringing it up right now. Okay. You said it was 38 minutes into the movie? 37 minutes and 38 seconds. 37, 38. All right, so I'm bringing it up. Here we go, here we go. Oh, this is, everyone's loving how silent we are right now. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like we're just, uh, we are uh, just holding for the hair ranking. All right, did we cue the music for the hair ranking yet? We'll cue it right now. All right, cue the music for the hair ranking. All right, and we're back. We are back in from the hair ranking. Yeah, so now we're officially in the hair ranking section. Um, we're going to rank John Travolta's cameo in Boris and Natasha in 1992. I think you lied to me. That was, he's not at 38 seconds. 30, 37 minutes, 38 seconds. I'm at, uh, oh, there he is. I found him, found him. Was it right at the timestamp I, I, I said? Him. No, it's 37.31. There he is. All right, how are we ranking this hair? I mean, it's just put it. Let me see the hair ranking. Put it. It's kind of nice. I like it. Put it below two of a kind above. Look who's talking. Okay. Boris and Natasha. Should we should we do a uh a summary of the placements right now? Sure, I'll do a summary of the hair ranking. Okay, yeah. So it's a uh, right now in last place is the experts. This movie's sister film. Then it's the Devil's Reign, moment by moment, Boy in the Plastic Bubble, Eyes of an Angel. Urban Cowboy, Basements, The Dumb Waiter, Look Who's Talking Too, Look Who's Talking, Boris and Natasha, Two of a Kind, Chains of Gold, Blowout, Perfect, Shout, 
Saturday Night Fever, Grease, Carrie, and Staying Alive. That's the hair ranking. All right, cue the music. All right, now back to the plot of this movie. Back to the plot of this movie. So Natasha's really popping off. Boris and her split off. It's or, at this point I stop taking notes. It's at this point you stop taking notes. So I'm going to close my book. Okay. Stuart is closing the book on this movie. Yes. Um, but we're not closing the book on this movie. I mean, I might remember some parts, mm-hmm. but I just, you know how accurate, you know how in the past episodes how accurate I've been in plot yes. descriptions? I cannot guarantee that promise on yeah. this episode. So Natasha goes to a big party um, where she actually... Um, um, gets into contact with the Salmonelli guy who she's been looking for. Right. Um, and he says, we're going to do a photo session and I'm going to give you some information. Mm. Um, so they go to the photo session. At this time, Natasha also realizes, I can't do it without Boris. So she finds him sleeping in a train yard on a bench and brings him home. Why is he homeless? He has a place to stay. Well, he just didn't want to be with her. He got kicked out. Because he was being a jerk. Why don't you sleep on the couch, you dumbass? He, he has to learn that women have agency, too. Not until 2010. <laughs> Not in this movie. Not um, in this movie. Not but yeah, show. They, they go to this photo session, and um, Boris gets in disguise. He's in disguise as a pirate. <laughs> he has, like, a peg leg and everything. And he goes to buy a hot dog. And he's like, I'll take one of them dogs. And the guy's like, it'll be one buck. And he pulls out. And he's like, this ain't a, this isn't a dollar. He's like, oh, it's a doubloon. <laughs> and he has to pay for his hot dog and doubloons. <laughs> Not only did he get a pirate costume, he exchanged his currency to 1700s doubloons <laughs> to really capture the bit. Oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> I, 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 you're, so, you're, a, you're yeah. a human being. So Manelli is like, he starts. He grabs Natasha, and he's like, "Come with me, come with me." After this, and he brings her over to a fountain. Mm-hmm. He's like, "We're being spied on right now yeah. by three separate groups. They're being spied on by Agent X, who is Fira's leader's number one agent. Mm-hmm. Also being spied on by a mysterious guy with bad shoes, who's been going around watching them. And then third, the CIA guy is there." Mo Green himself watching them. Mo Green. So it's a three-way spy fest on Artus, lovable spies. Um, and so Manelli's about to lean in and tell her who Agent X is. But before she can, Agent X shoots him from a distance. Mm. The CIA runs in. Uh, the guy with the bad shoes disappears. A firefight breaks out. Boris is caught in the middle of it. He doesn't have his gun because he's a pirate. He's like, and he tries to get out of the way. Mo Green gets shot in the arm. He falls to the ground. Agent X escapes, but Manelli dies before he can say who, what the name of Agent X is. Dun, dun, dun. But you know what? What? Boris runs into Agent X, and he sees who he is. Who is he, Jeff? He's Willie, <gasps> the CIA guy who set them up. What? He's been working. He's been double crossed. They're just the patsies to take the fall while Agent X does the real mission. Oh. They realized they were betrayed by fearless, fearless leader. leader. Yes. Um, so they get back to their apartment, um, and there's a shooting. Their apartment gets shot up by the guy with bad shoes. Yes. And they don't know who this is. And it also kills a bunch of the CIA. Yeah, it kills guys a bunch of the CIA operatives who were listening behind the walls. Boris and Natasha are like, "We gotta, we gotta go deep undercover." 
So yeah, they book a room at another hotel in town. And what are they dressed as, Jeff? They dress as two Irish people. Two fat Irish people. Yes, and do you know what their names are? <laughs> do, you, do you know? They're the... <laughs> Obese. <laughs> Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Obese. <laughs> O-B-E-T-H-A, Obese. The the hotel desk clerk is like, is that a room for Mr. and Mrs. Obese? <laughs> He's like, no, but, and it's you, obese. Do you know who the clerk is? It's Charles Warren Smith, the director of the movie. Oh, fuck friend him. from the experts. That's fuck it. Fuck him. And then the bellhop who's carrying their bags is, is R.E. Gross. Gross from the experts. Uh, and he's like, yeah, the elevator's out, so we got to walk up the steps, and the obese are like, ah. Which, like, they're just wearing fat suits. They're not yeah. actually obese, yeah. but they're acting like yeah. they're obese. But they're still not in great shape. No, so they're, they're not like, in great shape. They're not great. So they got to walk. Gross is carrying their luggage. Yeah. Like, go so they have to walk 32 flights up. Um, the whole time, Ari Gross is just waxing about the hotel, and he's like, yeah, you know, we had both presidential candidates in 1976 stay with us. Believe it or not, we're one of the only hotels with two presidential suites. Um, it's cool, very Ari gross. It's very, it's great. Thank you. You think um, he just riffed off of that? You don't think? I think yes. that wasn't scripted. Probably. probably but Natasha riffed. gets to the apartment, gets to the hotel room first. Yeah. And when she opens it, she screams. Uh, yes. Boris and Ari gross run up, and she's like, "Oh, I saw a mouse." And he's like, "Oh, I gotta call my manager." And he's like, "No, it was just a, a bug." And he's like, "A cockroach." I gotta. And she's like, "No, it's just a flea. Just a flea." And he's like, "Ah, it flea's all over me. I'm gonna call the manager." And he runs off. I'm like, "God damn it." Boris is like, what was it actually? And she opens the closet and Willie's corpse is in there. <laughs> in the room. Yes, just the dead body of Agent X Willie. Oh, man. He was hit by someone and dropped off. And they're like, how have we caught this quickly when we booked a hotel room under our names? <laughs> how did they find us? Uh, so they're like, God, we got to dispose of this body. Mm-hmm. First things first. And then cue the... Um, oh, but uh, there is a, a piece of paper attached to Willie's body. And it's a train schedule oh, with 1130 yeah. written on it. Cue the Weekend at Bernie's sequence. Yes, which is, I wrote, Weekend at Bernie's routine is good. Yeah. Um, where they have to get this body through the hotel. Yeah. They put a fake hat on it, or they put a hat on him. There's Karen in between. Like, ah, oh, you had too much to drink tonight, buddy. Aren't Harvin Toots here, too? Yes, they get in the elevator. How and are, they? Why are Harvin they? Harvin Toots are at the hotel at a party. But it's actually because they're secret agents. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Um, so Harvin Toots are there. Harvin Toots are funny names. Um, Harvin Toots are there. Um, they're like, oh, we can take your friend home. They're like, nope, we'll we'll take care of it. And they're like, are you sure? We want you to be able to enjoy the party. And they're like, nope, we'll take care of him. And Harvin Toots get into the elevator with them. Um, and it's very awkward because it's a corpse. And they're like, yeah, he's our marriage counselor. And they're like, oh, I didn't know the two of you were going to get married. And they're like, yep, yeah, um, this guy's helping us through it. Um, it's like, if you guys are paying more than 70 bucks an hour, you're getting ripped off. Yeah, because this guy's just getting drunk on the job. Uh, so eventually Harvin Toots leave them. Finally. And they carry this body, and they see R.E. Gross come. Like, oh, we got to get them from somehow. So the uh, they open up a laundry shaft through the body. <laughs> we get a shot. The body just whoosh, sliding out. Clearly a fake body. Yeah, and like, poof, <laughs> right into a pile Snaps of Snaps his towels. neck. Snaps his neck. If he wasn't dead already. He's dead now. Yeah. So they go back up to their hotel room. And who's in there? The doctor they've been searching for this whole time, the one who invented the microchip, because you probably forgot about that plot line. This was, a, this was about time traveling microchips. Oh, God, I forgot there's time travel in this yes. fucking movie. So they get there, and the guy's like, yes, I am doctor. I am here to help you. Um, but then there's a knock at the door before he can reveal any information. Mm-hmm. 
they open the door and um it's harvin toots. harvin toots with the dead body of willie and they say and they're like oh we found him lounging in the laundry room brought him up for you what idiots so they, they put the body back in the room and they shove it back in the closet and they and convince then, harvin toots to leave and then Ari gross comes back yeah Ari well gross they turn back. around and the doctor's gone yeah the doctor's gone and he took the paper with the train schedule that he was supposed to be arriving on which are like what what's going on the doctor also had the ugly shoes. <gasps> Mystery. It's oh, um, weird. There's a lot of conspiracy going on here. Yeah. Um, and so like, oh no, he stole the thing. We gotta find him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just the uh, way you said that, the pause. Yeah. Like, we gotta find yeah, him. Are you gross? Comes back and he finds the body. And he, like, oh, he's just sleeping. And that's the last of Are You Gross in the movie. He's Sorry, Ari Gross. Uh, so they, they look at the window and they see the doctor hopping on a motorcycle and driving off. Mm-hmm. So they climb out and they run down the fire escape and Boris leaps off the fire escape, misses landing on the bike and just right onto the concrete. <laughs> Should have died. <laughs> Should have died. And then he gets up and he's like, and there's a random passerby walking by. He's like, I should have, that looked like I was close. And the guy's like, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> Why um, we need that? We didn't. It's funny. Um, and so they, they chase after the bike and it gets away and they hop into a taxi and like, take us to the train station well you're forgetting another uh, brutal uh, injury comedy was when <laughs> Boris walks out on the streets and gets slammed, <laughs> slammed by the taxi like Boris is apparently invincible <laughs> in this yes. movie because he gets he falls from a two story building yeah. slams onto the concrete gets yeah. run over by a car flinging yeah. into the air and so they get into this taxi and they're like take us to the train station the guy makes a U-turn it's on the other side of the street <laughs> <laughs> he pay, she pays him a hundred. He's like, can can you get us there a hundred dollars if you get us there within the hour? It's yeah. like, yeah, I can make that happen. And they make a U-turn in there. And she's like, at least give me fifty bucks back. He's like, nah, no can yeah. do, ma'am. And he runs off. Yeah, and they find the bike in front. And so Natasha's like, I'll run around the back. You grab him in the front. I'll guide him to you. Mm-hmm. And so they stage a trap for this guy. And then while Boris is waiting there, he looks out in the street and sees the professor again. Yeah. This time dressed like Pee Wee Herman. He's really wearing like a Pee Wee Herman suit. It's very funny. And a yeah. bow tie. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, how can we be chasing this guy? But he's also there. And then he looks back at him and the guy's gone. Yeah. Um, he turns back. The professor that they're chasing runs out to grab him. Um, but he escapes immediately. How? Um, I forget. How does he escape? Well, there's a bit where they're in a cabbie with the professor. Well, yes. The um, He escapes... And then they run back to the taxi to chase after him. But then they get in the taxi. Yeah, they get in the taxi. And the professor in the peewee suit is laying in the middle. And they're like, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, that's my evil twin brother. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the classic evil twin brother bit. Yeah, it's my evil twin brother. And he's chasing after you. His name is Krieger. Krieger. Uh, He's chasing after you. And they look. And the front of the taxi is a dummy. And there's a bomb in the middle. And the, the car drives off by remote control from Krieger. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. I'll kill my brother and the dumb spies. The car explodes. And the they movie's over. Except there's a flashback of three seconds. And we roll back. And they're like, we just exploded. How did that happen? He's like, time control device. Right, back Microchip. And then they explode again. And they explode again. They go back. And he's like, you need to jump out. And they explode again. They go and the next back. time he's like, jump out. And they all jump out and survive. Yeah. Um, time travel, baby. Time travel. Um, and so they're like, 
Dr. Polovich, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, you need to tell us what's happening. And he explains in great detail how the thing works. Um, what's going on this with his is brother? Also narrated by the way. Yes, this is narrated. He's like, yes, and he explained it. Unfortunately, he explained too long. They all fell asleep, and it shows them all falling. And they fell asleep outside. Yes. It's like on not a even, sidewalk. not even the Amtrak could wake them up, and the Amtrak goes by, and they don't wake up. But the professor Polovich is gone. gone. What he left though is a penny, a single penny on the ground. And so Boris and Natasha look at this and like, what does this mean? They're like, we know. Cut to Mount Rushmore. Because when I see a penny. You don't think of the Lincoln Monument, or you don't think of like Springfield, in Illinois. You do, you go immediately to Route Rushmore. There are literally three opposite of the war of the country. Yeah. Here, here, Stuart, I have one thing to say to you. What, Mister and Mrs. Obese? It's <laughs> <laughs> all I gotta say. I about that. hate this movie so <laughs> much. I was having a real good time. Hate this movie. I was having movie. a rip roaring good time. <laughs> So they go to Mount Rushmore. And they go to Mount Rushmore. And, and they're, they're looking like, through binoculars. They're like, how do we get in? Then we got climbing through the nostril of Abe Lincoln's. He <laughs> says, the nasal passage. Yeah. So they climb through Abe Lincoln's nasal passage and they find a secret lair. A, a secret lair. Where they were building the microchips, the professor was. There's like hundreds, if not thousands of them. And they hear screaming from behind a, like a metal tube cage. Yeah. So they open the tube and they find the professor. They cut him down. Help him out. And then it turns out, ha, 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 it's me, Krieger, I caught you, I tricked you. Which he was hung upside down. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't just wait there. He could have caught them off guard regardless. Why do you have to tie himself up yeah. and... But yeah, and then he's like, ha, and he opens the other door and the brother's in there. So the like, professor. rewind for a second. Microchip us back three seconds. Yes. His plan was he kidnapped his brother, took him to the lair. Yes. And then he said, Tied up his brother and I, tied himself up. Right, because he knew Boris and Natasha were on their way. Yeah. So what does he do but none other than tie his brother up and tie himself up? Yeah. Upside down. Yes. The brother wasn't tied upside down. No, the brother was just taped to a chair. Yeah, but he said, I got to go the extra length on this and tie yeah. myself upside down Batman style. Mm. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um. So he has them at gunpoint. And he's like, I'll kill you all. But then and he's like, and they're like, why do you, why are you doing this? Why do you want to kill your brother? And he's like, my brother is a pacifist. He wants every country in the world to have these microchips. Cause he said like, it'll end war. Well, he said like, I made these microchips and, um, my first thought was like, nobody should have them yeah. because it would create so much war. But then once but the if, genie let, got out of the bottle, you like, can't destroy them because they just turn back in time and rebuild themselves. So <laughs> the idea was, is I'm going to ship them out to all the countries. So every country has them, which yeah. is kind of sound logic yeah. in some way. I mean, if we're going to like have nuclear it. disarmament reverse, yeah. you know, like we'll just give every country a nuke yeah. and then they'll be fine. Yeah. That works out so well. Um, and that's Krieger's plan. No, that was the brother's plan. Oh, yeah, that's the brother's was plan. To but give Krieger's like, no, I'm going to sell it to the highest bidder and make money. Yeah. Because he was the 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 pacifist brother was giving them away for free. Yes, for free. And there's millions of these microchips. Yeah, but then, then, you know what happens? What happens? Jeff? Mo Green comes in and he points a gun at Krieg. He's like, "Drop the gun!" And they're like, "Oh, thank God, the CIA is here to save us." And he's like, "No, I'm actually working for the the auto industry." <laughs> he's like. This will this will make car accidents obsolete, and once there's no car accidents, how will we survive without crashes and repairs? He's like, we need to adapt the industry before we can let this go public. It's so funny. I fucking um, can't. And then who busts through the door? I mean, uh, who busts through the wall? 
Toots and Harv. As their secret agents, Moose and Squirrel, they're Rocky and Bullwinkle, baby. And they have like high pitched voices now because they're Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, and they show up and they're like, We knew you were betraying the CIA. And so they point a gun at Mo Green, who's pointing a gun at uh, Krieger's, pointing a gun at the Dr. Boris and Natasha. And then who busts through another door? The Kool Aid Man. Oh, Fearless yeah. leader comes in, armed with machine guns. And he's like, Ah, I have won all. I will get the microchips for Potsylvania. I will rule the world. Ah. And then who else appears? The nondescript Middle Eastern terrorist from the first scene in the movie comes out of a window. And he's like, Ha, ah, this is all. And then they shoot him. And he dies. Um, <laughs> the rest of it is this like Mexican standoff with all these random people. Well, it, and then it cuts to the. Um, and Neo Morricone music from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And it like has the same shots from the yeah. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And it's agents Moose and Squirrel. Mo Green, Fearless Leader, Boris and Natasha, Krieger, and the Scientist, all in this like big lockup of craziness. And then, yes, and so Boris has a, has an idea. Yeah, he's gonna idea. stop this all from happening. Right. He grabs a grenade. He throws in dynamite. Dynamite. Oh, dynamite that he had. He's like, I skipped this for good occasion. And he throws the dynamite into the pile of microchips in the ground. Everyone's like, no, and explodes. Massive explosion. You see soot coming out of George Washington and Abe Lincoln's nostrils. Yeah. Um, go to, cut to black. Cut back up. We're on the hot air, hot air balloon from the first scene of the movie. And they're like, we have the egg. The explosion must have rocked us all back in time to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um, yep. And then the professor's in there with them. We cut back to the terrace. He's like, I see 30 people. And that's like the foreshadowings that... Time is a flat circle, so that guy was always there with them. Yeah. From that moment. Uh, crazy. Crazy. But, yeah. So, there's Rock Tech to the beginning of the movie, and they're like, well, we're not going to make the same mistakes as everyone else now knows what happens. Yeah. So, we're just going to go to Tahiti. So, Boris and Natasha, they fly that hot air balloon to Tahiti. The two of them are hanging out on the beach. And the narrator at this point is saying... What happens to everyone else. Yeah. Because now that the movie was reversed, Willie's back to life... Uh, Krieger is there in disguise trying to catch him still. But they're they're fine. Boris and Dodger are just hanging out, having a grand old time out in Tahiti on the beaches. So nothing in, that happened in the movie matters. Literally nothing that happened in the movie mattered, except for the fact that they're in a relationship now. Because he says, he calls this Natasha. is my girlfriend. Like, this is my girlfriend. And they don't kiss. It's cute. It's a great ending to a five out of five movie. <laughs> what i just i have no words yeah um and then the narrator's like oh, that's the end of the movie make sure to turn it next week for the episode goodbye mr chip and the megabytes back and that's the end of the movie yeah charles martin smith's masterpiece boris and natasha mr and mrs obese <laughs> i um john goodman or uh, john candy eats a potato Listen. The balloons! I, all the good bits, all our friends. Like, I do this podcast for John Travolta. And John Travolta was in two seconds of yeah. this movie. Yes. And I'm rooting for the guy. So even when he's in a bad movie, I yeah. still have a little bit of energy yeah. to like root him on. I could not care less <laughs> about anybody in this movie. Anybody. Well, I, f- I forgot one good bit. I forgot one good bit. Well, well, At the very end of the movie, when the narrator is going through what happens to everyone... He's just like, who knows what happened to all these people? And where's Telly Savala? And he has to picture of Telly Savala. So it's like, what's he up to nowadays? 
And then the movie ends. It's a good bit. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, uh, you've heard us and Jeff talk a lot about Boris and Natasha. Boris and Natasha. We're not done. No, we're not. I'm not. I'm not wrapping this up. I'm not wrapping this okay. up. I'm just saying that they've heard us talk a lot about some bits. Yes. I would love for people to watch this movie. Yeah, I agree. Everyone should watch this movie. Well, I, I, I. It's not that I think people should watch it because they'll enjoy it. It's that I think people should watch this movie so you know how bad it is. And so when you, first off, I, I'm saying this at the end of our episode, but I honestly hope people had watched this movie and then listened to her commentary. Because mm-hmm. I ruined all the good bits. Well, yes, you ruined all the good bits. So like, uh, I, uh, fuck it. But like, if you're skipping to the end of this episode and listening to this and you haven't heard anything else that we've said, Watch the movie first yeah. and then listen to this episode. And Jeff's commentary, I think, will be the best bit of the entire movie. Because <laughs> I really feel like you're going to watch it. You're like, why the fuck is this funny? <laughs> and then we're going to listen to this episode. And like, what the hell, Jeff Sweeney? <laughs> like, it's been the pleasure of this episode has been listening to you laugh and yes. giggle like a little kid. Mr. and Mrs. Obese. <laughs> like, this is what I mean, audience members. It's like, Jeff is such like a, like a little kid with this movie. And I, I am. I appreciate that. Uh, in all honesty, I don't think this is a great movie. It's I think a it's maybe a terrible movie. I would do it a two and a half out of five. Um, I would do, one. but I got a lot of enjoyment. One, I got a lot of enjoyment. I would do out of half out of five. Ooh, half rough. out of five. Zero. I would do five percent Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's rough. Five percent Rotten Tomatoes. I enjoyed this. It didn't get great reviews. Um, Good. Going to be released in theaters, but it was put straight to Showtime. Good. Um, Burn it, it was in released in a few theaters, and it only made two hundred ninety-four thousand dollars. Um, with a budget of one million, but it probably made enough on Showtime to like recoup its benefits just from the licensing. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, this this movie didn't really have much of an impact, as with all of our recent John Travolta movies. Um, it does. They do, however, make a um, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle movie a few years later. With I presume Rob- Boris and Natasha are in that movie. Uh, they are, but they're played by two different actors. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Robert De Niro is Fearless Leader. And yes. something that I found out, um, he uh, he says the line, like, you talking to me? From Taxi Driver. Okay, Boris and Natasha are Jason Alexander and Rene Russo in the movie. It's very funny. Um, um, whatever you say, sir. Maybe maybe we should do a bonus episode on that movie. Maybe we shouldn't because <laughs> um, it is not a John Travolta movie. This is true. So I don't know if I would consent to um, doing that. I'm already putting you through some rough uh, bonus episodes later in this season. What? I don't remember what ones we have. Uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's Boris and Natasha. That's Boris and Natasha. I had a good time. It's pretty accessible online. And if you want to have like 88 minutes of dumb fun, throw it on. Uh, I would highly recommend to our audience to get intoxicated in some shape or form, whether that's... With... No, you need to be stone cold sober. <laughs> no, <laughs> you do not need to watch the stone cold sober. You need to get like three to five of your bestest friends who you watch dumb shit together. Pass around a bowl or a joint. It's legal in Illinois, so I can say that. Um, 
or just take like three shots per person before you even start the movie and then watch mm. it in some uh, impairment. You must watch this in some impairment. Yeah. That's my recommendation because I watched this Stone Cold Sober and I wish I had not. I watched the Stone Cold Sober as well and I had a good time. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, that's the that's movie. That's fantastic. Uh, it doesn't do much for Travolta's career. It's he's, just, a, he's just here to hang out with some friends for a day. It's a two-second cameo. With Hang out with his friends for a day. Probably took two hours out of his day. Yes. He just wanted to hang out with his friends. Yeah. His good friends are Egros, Charles Martin Smith, Come and Dave Thomas. Yeah. They're my best friends, too, now. After we watched this in The Experts, they're my friends, too. You have a lot of movie friends, I Jeff. I have a lot of friends. My yeah. best friends. But yeah, that's that's Boris and Natasha. They're my best friends, actually, is Boris and Natasha. I want to hang out with them. They seem like cool people. Um, That's cool. Thank you all for listening to this Boris and Natasha episode. I hope it wasn't boring. Yeah, no, I hope it was uh, exciting. I can't think of any way to... What were you going to go I couldn't. With? I couldn't figure out any way to... You know, I, I hope this was a little bit of a treat for you. Almost yes. like a nice little piece of candy. Like John Candy. I was like his potato that he ate. I hope, I'm sure that, that blew good. up. Yeah. Well, maybe this episode will blow up yeah. and then go back in time. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. Deadass. What if at the end of this episode? You know, the, and like I said at the beginning, this movie is very reminiscent of Tenet. It ends where it began. <laughs> um, oh Jesus! It's very funny. Um, but yeah, maybe wouldn't it be funny if like at the end of this we reversed our time to restart this whole podcast. <laughs> then next week we put out a new Devil's Rain episode. A new Devil's Rain episode. <laughs> Or we could just implore our audiences, you know, uh, for our faithful fans who have been with us. Every <laughs> restart the show right restart now. Restart the show right now. Yeah. Like, if you imagine an average of an hour per episode, right? Yeah. So we this would be episode 19. 19. This is episode 19. Yep. So which means you have 19 hours of fun, of fun ahead of you <laughs> if you start from the very beginning and catch up yes. to us. You have a week. You have one week. Get through all 19 hours. We challenge you. Challenge. You will get nothing if you do it. Uh, no, there will no be a reward. Uh, is a vaccination card thing still available? Yeah, but I don't think anyone's going to go for it. But yeah. No one send us their vaccination card. Yeah. If you do, block out your date of birth and uh, patient ID number yes. for HIPAA concerns. Yes. People who have been posting uh, selfies of their um, COVID vaccine card have been getting information stolen. Yes. So it's not a good thing to do, everybody. Not a good thing to do. Yeah. It's an episode on Boris and Natasha. Next week, we'll be covering Look, Look Who's, Who's Talking, Talking now. now. We'll be wrapping up the Look the Who's Look Talking, Who's Talking trilogy. universe. We will also be wrapping up this stage of Trolls' career as he launches into his newfound A-list stardom with Pulp Fiction with in two Pulp weeks from Fiction. now. Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, so Travolta's about to have a bit of a renaissance. Yeah. Um, and we're extremely excited to cover it with you folks. And we hope I you'll stick with us through it. I am so excited for the Travolta songs. Yes. Because the 80s and early 90s have been... They ain't it. They ain't it. They are not it. I mean, our boy John Travolta needs a resurgence. Mm. Like, I just think about how many movies have we covered since his last good movie, Blowout? Um, his la- la- The movies we've covered since Blowout. We covered Staying Alive, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... 11. This is the 11th, and we'll be covering the 12th tomorrow. Our boy has been in nothing but 11 bad movies. Like, I feel like I would quit acting. 
Well, he did for a few years after Perfect. But like, and yeah. he came back and he's like, "All right, I'm going to do good movies now." And he didn't. And he did it. But he hits it again with Pulp Fiction, becomes world renowned again, and you just love to see it. We love to see a comeback story. We do. We love a comeback story, and we're excited to track that comeback story because yeah. there'll be a lot more context when we get to those movies. Yes. Because we've been in a dearth of context. Yes. Uh, since, you know, like staying alive-ish, it's been movies that there really isn't much context to. There's, not, there's no exciting stories. There's nothing scandalous or non-scandalous. It's just been a lot of movies that don't exist. And he met his future wife at The Experts, and yeah. that's about the only story-wise thing that it's, I can think of. It's its own little, like, subgenre of his career. But in regards to his larger arc and... Movies that have revealing insights about him that we hope to cover. Um, we haven't had many, mm. but we're going to have a lot coming up. We're going to be more excited. Very. So like I said, folks, tune in next week for Look Who's Talking Now. The week after that for Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. uh, 1994, the year of the Travolta. <laughs> if you like this episode, though, make sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, you can always subscribe and do all that fun stuff on a bunch of different platforms, such as Spotify. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. You can find us at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can find any, if you want to email us any comments or questions, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Jeff W. Sweeney on Twitter. You can find me crying tears of pain at on Instagram at Stuart Elmore 95 You can find Boris and Natasha in Potsylvania uh, at Potsylvania Tourism Board. That's not a thing. At Boris. Not um, a thing. None of those are things. Yes. A good movie. Uh, as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music that is leading you out right now. Yeah. Have a great week, folks. Talk to you next week. Look who's talking now. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week.